1: Welcome to the DGD Podcast, as always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, and Juan Daniels. Jay has been suspended from the chat already. We had not even got started yet, coming in hot with a hot take for his score prediction. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Today's show is going to be jam-packed. I'm just going to leave it there. We're obviously, listen, it's Tennessee week. College football playoff rankings come out. We'll talk about that. Listen, it's going to be a massive, massive weekend in Athens, folks. Game day is going to be ridiculous. We're going to preview the Georgia-Tennessee matchup. Also talk a little bit of recruiting because anybody and everybody will be there in Athens. And then we'll also give you our week 10 DGD CFB picks of the week. Um, First off, the show's brought to you by BetUS. BetUS. Um, Listen, go to our website, dgdpodcast.com. Click on the Bet US logo. Use code DGD125 when you make your first deposit, and you'll get a 125% sign-up bonus for all sports, not just college football, all sports. Perfect time of the year. NBA, World Series is about to wrap up. We're not going to talk about those damn Phillies, uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, perfect time of the year. NFL, you name it. Do yourself a favor. Take advantage. Get 125% and start raking up some money. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this. College football playoff rankings come out last night. Um, I don't know how shocked you may be, uh, but Georgia comes in at third. Uh, You got Tennessee number one, uh, Ohio State stays put at two, Georgia at three, and then Clemson over Michigan, surprisingly, Um, Clemson holds the four spot down. Juan, I want to ask your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on Georgia being third in the initial rankings?
2: You know, I'll, I'll quote Todd Munkin. It doesn't even really matter. Um, if, if we're being honest, if you were to match up Georgia against any of these other teams, you know, Ohio, especially Ohio State, Georgia runs Ohio State out of the, you know, out of the building, and everybody knows that. So it's, it's really not that big a deal. I think that the setup – uh for for georgia tennessee to have it just you know to be that big i'd rather be number three because after this decisive win on saturday that we're going to leapfrog ohio state it doesn't matter
1: kobe what are your thoughts on that
3: um you know i i think that there are some fun statistics about it you know like they they show on the show last night like out of the top four, at least one or two of them always ends up making it. But I think right now, the big, the big, what you should be <clears throat> more mad about right now than Tennessee at one and the Dogs at three is the fact that this playoff committee, time and time again, year after year, and this year's no different, counts Penn State as a massive win. I mean, they said it in both Michigan and Ohio State's ranking that their wins against Penn State were decisive in where they ranked. And it's like, you know, at at some point when you're looking at these teams and you're looking at Penn State and everything that they've done there, it's like those are, you know, maybe not cakewalk games, but, I mean, games that I expect Ohio State and Michigan to win. So, we'll see. Um, You know, I I think it as a fan base, it gets you fired up. As a player, you see it. But – I, I mean, I think you're as fired up today as you were yesterday. Like, you are getting to play Tennessee. You already thought it was going to be one versus two. Now you're on the other end of one versus three. I mean, it just gives you a good chance to to prove that you're still the team to beat in the
1: East. Dog fans, keep this in mind. The number three spot is a, um, a perfect spot for you, and for one reason and one reason only. Look at where Georgia's been when it comes to the actual playoffs. And you've done your most damage. The three spot. You're in the right spot, but you still have to take care of business this week. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care what anyone tells you. I'm telling you right now, that third spot in the rankings, you know good and damn well that people are going to be sitting there, especially in the building, feel disrespected. They're going to use that as motivation, added motivation already. And to me, I think that's going to be quite interesting to see how things play out. Uh, got got a Clemson fan in here. Oregon wins by UGA, or Oregon win by UGA. Plus the Ducks better than the Lions. The J O double G is in here. Pat the 63 to 3 DGD is in here. Um, obviously we have our Bishop Don waiting for the mother folks to pop in. But so far, listen, it's there's a lot to talk about. So trust me, this it's going to be hot and heavy uh, all show. With that being said, right, you have one versus three, one versus two. However, you want to look at it, whether you look at AP poll or right the college football playoff rankings. I'm just saying that, regardless of the fact, this is going to be the biggest game in Sanford Stadium history. It's living. It's so far, right? We'll see what happens come game day. But there's no reason to believe that it won't, because we saw in recent memory. uh, If if that reminds me correctly. Arkansas last year was ridiculously loud at a noon kickoff because it was a top 10 matchup. Notre Dame in 2019, Kobe, you were there. That rings a bell with me. That, that Even a night game was just ridiculous. The thing I think is going to be interesting is it's, it's a rival game. They're number one in the country. You're number three. There's not just – that there's not just replication or ramifications for Saturday. It's all the way into the playoffs that you got to be careful for, right? There's that much at stake here. And it's 3.30. I wish this was a night game because that would just be over the top. It would be ridiculous. You talk about a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fans, give them a night game for that. Holy shit is all I would be able to say. You couldn't say anything else. You might not even hear yourself think it might create an earthquake. Just going to leave that there. Now, with that being said, we expect this game to be s- ridiculous. And and Kirby and Coach Kirby has also called on the fans already uh, to be loud. Uh, talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. George Ainge went on Twitter and was basically talking about how playing between the hedges was overrated. It's not that loud. Tennessee's going to be fine. And to that, I, I defend that by saying, this you weren't playing a team played coached by heads, uh, Kirby Smart back in 07. You weren't. It's a lot of things have changed between the hedges since then. And mm-hmm. a lot of it starts with Kirby Smart. We have to take that and what it means. So, you know, my thoughts are I, I don't think That's an accurate statement. I'm not saying that they might or may not be fine, but let's be honest. Tennessee is a heavily penalized team. And going to a hostile environment, don't don't sell that, that the fact that that's not going to be a hostile environment. It will be. 100% will be. Um, If we saw what happened with Arkansas last year, with all the false starts, keep that in mind is all I'm going to say, because it can either happen or not, but it's there. The possibility for that is there.
3: Well, well, I think the thing that gets overlooked is, you know, I was reading something that Tennessee's played six of their first eight games at home, and they're still averaging, like, eight penalties a game for, like, 78 yards a game. I mean, you put them in a hostile environment, you know, I think everybody looks at, at the Bama game and goes, Tennessee doesn't, doesn't get penalized that often. It's like, Alabama had 16 of them, and it's almost the one game that, it got kind of overshadowed. But don't think playing – don't think if you'd have played that game in Bama or no different than, like, you're going to play this game in Athens, that the crowd isn't going to impact your penalties. Like, I mean, they will go up.
1: I mean, it's definitely something worth monitoring. Uh, and, and Jay Jacobs here says that penalties mostly on the defensive side, though. So, you know, that's also something to keep in mind, right? Like, you know, you expect false starts – but I think, Jay, what also we have to take into play here is that the biggest games that Tennessee's played this year were at home, right? The Bama game is, I think, the, the biggest at home. Right. And so you have that you have the crowd control, a little bit more crowd control, I should say, um, you know, at home. However, it's, it's still right, like you have to worry about penalties, period. You know, is that a part of their is the the penalties defensively, is that attributed to secondary play? right? DPIs. Is that an offsides penalty, right? We don't know. You know, it, it can be whatever. But I do think, and I don't care what anyone says, that crowd the crowd can play and probably will play a role in this game Saturday. I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Juan? You've played in these kind of games before. Yeah, both of y'all have. How much is crowd a factor in a, in a game of somewhat like this magnitude right here?
2: Oh, it, it, it's a huge factor. I, you know, I remember you know, going to uh, Tennessee in 95 playing against Peyton Manning and how, you know, that whole week, you know, they played Rocky Top at our practice. I mean, it was this crowd noise. We could not talk to each other. Everything was basically sign language. And then when you get there, it was deafening. I mean, and it was, you know, it was hard to communicate. And then, of course, you know, they make one play. And it could be a, a three-yard gain, and you would have thought that you know they they just you know won on hail mary. It, it it can be it can be insane. So Tennessee can expect that. I don't think that they've been to a place that's had this type of crowd noise you know h- historically. So it's going to be insane. They remember what happened in Athens, all that hail mary pass you know not too long ago. So they're going to be rabid. They're going to be crazy. And you know I, and I would I do want to argue with you. You said that this was probably Historically, the you know the biggest game, but I, I think in 1995 when we played New Mexico State and we won 43 to 10, that was man, that was a monumental game. Probably the best game in Sanford Stadium history. Let me tell it. No,
1: so. I mean I was surprised you didn't say like the 1980 Sugar Bowl or nothing like that. A stat, stat check.
3: check. <laughs> oh, uh, let's get a stat check on that game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yes, sir. But no, in, in all seriousness, though, right, like obviously this game has got some key factors here, but Georgia's, you know, all, all week, I think mostly, most of the few weeks really past this, has, you know, the attention has been on Georgia's defense stopping Tennessee's offense and even the passing attack, and I feel like it's deeper than that, right? I think it kind of needs to be switched around a little bit. You know, people push it under the radar that Georgia has a, a very efficient offense, and, and If I told you that Georgia passes more than Tennessee and Tennessee runs more than Georgia, I guarantee you most of you would be shocked. You you would just be – you would be bamboozled. But that is the case. So my thought is it's not Georgia stopping the pass game. I think Georgia has to stop the run game first. But I think the main topic should be flipped a little bit. Can Tennessee's defense slow down Georgia's offense? I understand the logic on the Tennessee because it's the two strengths. However, Tennessee's defense is still very below average on a lot of defensive categories where Georgia's defense is balanced somewhat with the offense toward the top of the, comp, the country for that matter. And you're playing at home. So I think, you know, a lot of people need to focus on the fact that you have to – Tennessee's defense has still got to go out there and and stop Georgia's offense. But I want to go ahead and start to this. I want to talk about the keys to victory, right? Prior to this, though, obviously Nolan Smith injury uh, news broke out, and he is out for the season uh, with a pec injury. And that just threw a curveball at the defensive game planning for Georgia for the remainder of the season. But it's just the timing is rough when you have a player like Nolan go out for the season now, you know, obviously I think one of of the keys to victory is how to adjust to that loss because you're going to have to have somebody to replicate some of his production and leadership. Can you do that? So I want to ask Kobe first. I'm going to ask Kobe first and then Juan, I'm going to let you take over. What is your key? What is George's keys to victory Saturday in Athens?
3: I think uh, taking away the first read will be a big thing. I think that's a big reason. Like Jay said earlier, you know, a lot of their um, a lot of their penalties are on defense because um, a lot of their plays and reads are like first first look read. So you know, even if he hand, like fakes the handoff, he has one guy that he's looking at immediately to make that quick throw, get that four or five yards, kind of get that rolling. You know, all of a sudden, like we have talked about, like, old Oregon, you stop that, and all of a sudden, everybody, all those receivers have to run back to the original line of scrimmage. They have to signal in another play. They have to re-get set, and now it's second and ten. And you just slowly keep them behind where they want to be. You know, they want to be, like a lot of teams, they want to be second and six, second and five, second and four. That way they can take that chunk shot play, on you know second and short to try to burn you but then still have a manageable third down you know and then try to do that running the ball like we've seen against alabama they had great success running the ball especially it's almost like the more the pass works the more all of a sudden then they're starting to run the ball and then you swap your mindset and you try to stop the run and then they're throwing the ball over the top of you again so the big thing will be you know like kirby always tries to do limit Limit one or the other. So if you can limit their running and just worry about their passing, then, you know, that's that's how he's kind of had a choke hold on a lot of teams in the past. Where you've struggled is where teams can do either any time against you. Um, you know, I think a big thing is, uh, as we look forward, even on our picks, is, you know, Kirby's one and nine against teams that score over like 34 against. So it, it'll be the kind of game that, you know, you could see them score thirty. How will we respond offensively is an important part too.
1: Miriam brings up a good point here. Obviously, we talked about Nolan Smith. She says that Bill will play well. Uh, he was our sack leader last season, uh, which is true. Uh, ended the team, uh, ended up leading the team in sacks. Only played part of the season. Nolan will be missed, but we have several guys who could come in. Bill, most importantly, uh, I, I think I'm just letting you know now that is. I agree with that. and I also think you're gonna need more of a platoon and all of these guys to be effective. I think you look at Michael Williams when you're one on ones, right? when you're one on ones, you're gonna need Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter coming back is huge for this defensive line because Kobe, you pointed this out that you know they're gonna basically give what they you know they're gonna take what you give them. if if you try to stop their pass, they're gonna run it down your throat. vice versa. So Georgia has to win their one-on-one there and you know and expect to do everything and stop everything, right? Just gonna leave that there. Um, apparently, here is a stat uh, while we transition a little bit. <laughs> On October 21st, 1922, Juan and the dogs beat Floppy Sox seven to three in Athens. Juan scored all 10 points. And coached, my God, that's better than O'Neillan. That's better than anything General O'Neillan could propose. It, and it do. was a great. It was a great day, and then right from there, I went to the war. It was it was a great day. Well, luckily we were in the booming twenties, man. We were in the roaring twenties. <laughs> so I think you had flashbacks at that point, apparently.
2: Yeah, um, my my, so my keys of victory are are, are you know o- offensively, um, is Stetson has to has to take care of the football. Uh, Tennessee for sti- statistically has a great run defense. So they're going to try to stuff the run. That's going to be their, their most important thing. And then so now we're to have to put it in the hands of Stetson Bennett. What is he going to do with the football? So he has to take care of the football. The, the key to victory on defense is to, is to corral Hyatt. Uh, Hyatt is this year's, last year's Jamison Williams. Uh, you know who absolutely just destroyed us in that SEC championship game. So he's that type of caliber of a of a receiver. So we just have to find a way to corral him, slow him down, and I think that uh, you know we'll be fine after that.
1: I think you know to add to that, right? I think the the main focus. I'm not going to say it's the only focus because there's a lot, like I said. But I think you have to you have to stop the run or limit the run. With, with five or may at most six, you probably will see five. Like I said, it all stems back to winning your one-on-ones because you're probably going to see Georgia do a lot of dime to limit those, you know, deep passes and things like that. I'm expecting Kirby to play back further and say, you know what, you're not getting, bo- you're not getting behind us. Go ahead and throw that little sh- uh, drop down stuff and we'll- we trust our tackling in space. That's I think that's what's got to happen. Keep them in front of you. We saw what happened with Alabama. It was still shocking to me right now that I didn't see hardly any adjustments, right, from Alabama. They kept doing their same thing and they kept getting burnt and get burnt. But one thing that I think went over overlooked in the Alabama game was they they weren't stopping the run as well as they could have either because they were running the ball effectively, putting themselves, you know, putting Tennessee in second and manageable, things like that. But also. They
2: stretched out Will Anderson. They almost dropped Will Anderson into coverage. And if you do that, then you're going to have a tough time stopping the run. So. Yeah. Uh, Alabama defensively, we're not really sure what what their strategy was. But, you know, you can best believe Kirby's not going to do that.
1: No, well, I think and, you're 100% and, uh, right.
3: And just to take, a you know, a strategy from our, our friends over in Alabama, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, I think I think you're kinda at the point where I almost kind of like in the national championship game, SC championship game, the past few times we've played them even, is take the fifteen yard um you know, defensive pass interference. Don't give up the touchdown. Like if if Hyatt has you beat, grab him. Like, I just hate to say that, but at some point, like, Live to play another down. Don't let him go 80 behind you, Keely Ringo. Grab him, pull him to the ground, give him their 15, and we'll get him next time. I mean, that's what that's what they've done at Alabama for so long. I mean, you look at like Kool-Aid McKinstry over there. He did that to Burton last year, the Natty. They've done it to people in the SC championship game. It's part of what Saban teaches in that Ben don't break. And and they got exposed when they played Tennessee too.
1: I, I'm just gonna let y'all know right now, I, the brigade is coming in hot and heavy. Um, apparently, a fun fact about that 1922 game. Um, the game was supposed to be on the 20th, uh, but Coach Daniels was getting his bald head waxed at the time. So they they changed the game for him, by the way. Um uh,
2: if you look good, you play good, you coach good. That I mean, that's that, everybody
1: knows that. So we're so we're going prime time before prime time. You got
2: sure. it. Hey, I, I wanted to say yeah. real quick. Um, you know we have a Facebook user that says if Kirby plays that deep zone like you just said we'll lose that game. we've lost every game that Kirby's used that use that defense um and, and you, you know it's the, the, the people that are scary are the heights so he can catch a you know catch a pass in front of that zone make two or three guys miss and then take that thing to the house. so I, I really think that you should you know we have to double him we just have a guy just jamming him from the line of scrimmage uh, just harassing him pretty much the whole game. We take him out. I mean that that you know that that takes a a, a lot out of out of Hooker. Now he's got to go and look look to other places, and that that's going to put a lot of stress
1: on him. You have to look at so obviously what Kirby and and the defense did last year. Right, it's not the same personnel. We get that. We're not going to even come close to making this assessment about this being the same defense. But here's some things that I think we need to. And I'm going to pinpoint them out here. One, substitutions are going to be key, but how you do it will be key as well. Because last year, when you know the tempo, you're unable to really substitute. So, what Kirby did, and, he, and it was a brilliant idea when Tennessee subbed, everybody else from Georgia subbed. And when they did, there was no ounce of effort to hustle on, they took their time. And what that did, I, I thought was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, also, limit turnovers. Stetson, be careful with the ball. We know Tennessee's defense has a tendency, right? We, we see the stats, but don't act like you can't sit there and, and give the ball away because you're being careless. You cannot do that. You, The more opportunities you give that offense for Tennessee, the worse it is for Georgia's chances to win that game. Be smart with the ball, sustain drives. One thing that I don't know if y'all noticed about this, Juan, Kobe, if you watch the Tennessee Kentucky game, one thing that kind of has me could scratch my head a little bit and concern you're not seeing Tennessee just throw three plays and score. They had a 15 play drive and ate up about four or five minutes of clock. 15 play drive went down and, and ended up doing that, right? That's something that you have to be mindful of as well
2: because yeah. – if- And the other thing, too, is, again, Kentucky has a very, very, very good running game, and they pretty much shut that shut that running game down. So, again, just like you said, you know, when I said earlier that we have to protect the ball. I mean, Stetson has to do a great job. And also I wanted to let you guys know that Ed has now officially been suspended
1: from the chat. Apparently, Ruth <laughs> thinks that all I – <laughs> I'm just saying, Ruth says that he sees one person who's getting cold from Juana Claus. He might be right.
2: <laughs> yeah. And getting cold.
1: Listen, in all seriousness though, like, uh, we, you know, seeing the balls by 20 thing, it, may, it brings up an interesting point for me. The line on this, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. The line for me is interesting because I think as it stands right now, it might still be eight and a half. That's a lot of damn points for what we're thinking this could be. It's what we could be. So, I think that's interesting. And we'll talk more about that in our picks later, but keep that in mind. That's something that you might want to keep in mind because I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I could also see it being a game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have something
3: else you should keep in mind. There's a 55% chance of rain on Saturday between the hours of two o'clock and six o'clock. Not sure if that matters to anybody, but
2: hard to throw to the run- in the rain. All right.
1: I'm Fred Sanford. Back to you, Juan.
2: <laughs> well it, it's, it's not fun for receivers I hate rain I hate playing in the rain it's not fun for quarterbacks either trying to throw that ball around so uh, I, I think that that actually goes to, to Georgia's favor
1: I don't know like I said I mean it may but keep in mind Tennessee is running the ball more than us and it's not like they're not running the ball effectively either so there's some things that listen Georgia will have to stop the run that's our MO we know this but I don't think it's going to be super easy to do that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think you got a challenge on your hands, and I'm okay with that. Georgia's built for games like this, where you have a lot at stake. Right. I think that's the championship mentality. We've been here before. I'm just saying keep it in mind that you have to you have to be sound defensively and you have to do everything right. You have to come in and play your A game. And Georgia will Georgia can come away with a win. I'm not saying they won't. But don't see, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tennessee has no chance because they most certainly have a chance to win this game if they can catch Georgia not doing, you know, playing their A game. It's that simple. It's that
3: simple. I've got a small sidebar for the brigade and y'all. Do you think that expansion of the playoffs really is going to just take away from games like this in the future? I mean, like we're looking at it right now, we're talking about. Dogs win, odds are you're you're into the playoffs. Voles win, odds are you're into the playoffs. But in in two years, it's either of you lose and you're probably still in the playoffs too. Probably gonna have to play each other again at some point. You know, uh yeah, like I this think game it. is so important in Athens this week. But in two or three years, it's like, yeah, it's a big game, but is it in the world if if whoever loses? Not really.
1: That's an excellent question because the whole the whole expansion. It, it literally you could you could run a podcast off of just talking playoff expansion. You just could almost like it, it's that it's that interesting. I, I think the thing though is I see the logic of it diminishing the importance because right now think about it. What think about this? If this game was being played with the BCS model. And both were one and two, right? We had that instance happen. Think about this: we had it happen in two thousand nine with LSU and Bama being one and two. Excellent game, field goal bowl, but whatever it was, it was still nine to six. They came back, and both the teams played in the in the national title game. In in the playoffs, if if whoever loses this game is obviously on the outside looking in, and there's some real questions there. If you're going to be able, because you don't have, you don't control your destiny at that point. You have to hope that a Michigan loses. You have to hope that a Bama can even slip up if you don't fall ahead of that, right? There's just so many other factors, but I think I'm with you, though. I think it might diminish it, and I hope not. I really hope not. One, what what do you think?
2: I don't think it'll diminish it. What what it does, and and this is just for me, is – there are times where, where teams at the end of the year, they get hot. And unfortunately, they've lost a game or two that they shouldn't have lost. If you take that 2007 Georgia team and if they were in the expansion playoffs, there's not a team on this planet that would have beat that team uh, once they got hot. And obviously, they went and punished you know Hawaii for that. But you got a Stafford, you've got a, a Noshon Marino, and again, they lost off of a you know, some bad play calling, honestly, in that SEC championship. But whoever wins that SEC championship wins the national championship because you go on and, and and smack Notre Dame right in the mouth. But I, I'm telling you right now, that that team right there, that 2017, team, if there was an expansion, they win the national championship, hands down. They were hot at the yeah, end.
1: Yeah, Georgia 2007 was the hottest team that just didn't get the chance to make it.
2: Yeah, and, um, so, so, and that's what the that that's what those that that's what that you know the expansion playoff is going to do. There's going to be some teams at the end that may just get hot, and who knows, they're going to you know end up upsetting somebody or you know just catching somebody on a on a bad day.
1: So I see Ed here. Obviously, we welcome any and all questions for the most part. Um, Ed says that he thinks Georgia's defense was better last year. Uh, what are our thoughts? I, I think there's really no question, right? It's so, I, I don't even really want to compare that. Um, yes, I do think they were better last year. They were also, because you don't have the leadership that you had. You had a senior, Jordan Davis. You had nikobe Dean as a junior. But even with that, you know, even with that drop-off in experience, the talent is still there. Uh, you look at leaders molding themselves right now, Pop Johnson, right? J- uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. Uh, you're looking at guys... You know, make it like emerging, right? You look at emerging players, Bear Alexander. You still have Jalen Carter. Bear Alexander stepped up. You've looked at guys like Jalen Walker. I think Jalen Walker might be somebody. Malachi Stark's in the secondary. It's not to say it's hard to really compare. And, yes, I think Georgia's defense was better last year. However, I, you know, to, to Pat's point here, you know, I don't think we you know the drop off isn't there that we thought how much it would drop off. I don't think you saw that. you do you do have any comment on that question?
2: Um I I'll I'll be able to tell you a little bit more after after Saturday. Cause you know, I'm looking here and true, we beat we beat Tennessee forty-one to seventeen and they had that fast break offense with Hendon Hooker, and they were, you know, they were you know, and we did – We they, they struck us in that first couple of drives, but after that we absolutely put the clamps down on them. And they last, threw it. That, that defense last year was just – And they threw know. the ball with success from 20 to 20. I mean,
3: Cedric Tillman had like 200 yards receiving.
1: He, he dropped 200-plus on that, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not like we – it's not like we stopped them from being the offense they are. We just stopped them from scoring.
2: Yep. Yeah, so we'll definitely be able to tell a little bit more tomorrow because, again, you know, you you can't necessarily base it off of a first game against against Oregon even though they are scoring a lot of points. We just hadn't played anybody that's high-octane offense to see where we truly are defensively. And and, and now we're about to, you know, now we're about to see that.
1: Absolutely. So with that being said, let's hop over to our Week 10 picks. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break, and on the flip side – We're gonna do our, uh, obviously break down our picks. So stick around. All right, folks, it is week 10 and our week 10 DGDCFB picks are here. Um, We are gonna bring out the standings real quick from week nine. The brigade went seven and three, standing at 62 and 28 for the season. They are one game off of Juan to Clause at a 69% hit rate. Kobe made some ground going nine and one last week, 60-30 on the year with a clean 67%. Uh, three games back, Juan obviously went seven to three. He is standing at 63 and 27, 70% hit. He is the leader and I am in dead last. Uh, six games or six picks back. Uh, I went seven and three, however. Uh, But apparently I just ain't making no ground. I'm at 57 and 33, 63% hit uh, 63 rings a bell, though. So I'll take that. I'll stick around for that. But, oh, oh, man. You know what, though? I wanted to shit on Adonis' picks, but he, you know. He was 9
3: and 1 too, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he was spot on. A closet Florida fan. He was spot on. Yeah. Calling him out here. Let's see if he shows up. Might let candy man. Come back in the chat. Uh, so, we're seeing some comments here. This is interesting. Uh, Tennessee hasn't played anyone with a great defense like ours either. Miriam says, uh, listen, you know, there's a lot of 2019 talk, LSU talk here. I ain't going to be the one to say that. But after Saturday, a lot of questions are going to be answered. So, just saying. Yeah, see, listen. I might be dead last. I might have 63%, but at least I got somebody that digs my winning percentage. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for that. Thank Pat. you.
2: Pat has now been officially suspended.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that's painful. Anyways, let's go ahead and break into these first. <laughs> Juan, come on, you can't be doing that. <clears> One <throat> <laughs> suspending everybody. Blah. Suspend. All right, f- first matchup. Wake Forest and NC State's ACC matchup here. Both are ranked. Uh, College Football playoff has them at like 20 and 21 or something like that, or 21 and 22, I don't remember. Uh, I think it will be an interesting matchup in-state rivalry here. Um, Kobe, who do you got? Yep, like you said, 21
3: versus 22. They're both not great. Juan did a lot of convincing on us yesterday or Monday about, um, you know, that nc state's new quarterback is a pretty good player but um you know i'm I'm riding with wake Forest this week uh time will tell how good of a how good of a take that was i mean wake has been really up and down it's hard to believe that they're a team that took uh clemson to overtime but um i think they get done
2: against the Wolfpack this week
1: well and who do you have my man
2: uh, I'm I'm going with Wake. I know, I mean, they, they really struggled against Louisville. Um, you know, I, I don't expect them to turn the ball over, you know, five times in the second half like they did. I I, I think that they bounced back. they got a great quarterback. So, I, I got uh, Wake Forest in this game.
1: Listen, I'm going with the brigade here on this one. Me and the brigade are sticking true, and we're, they're two in the Wolfpack. 65% of it, however, uh, has NC State. Listen. They may be without Devin Leary, but MJ Morris at quarterback, I think adds an added dimension that could help NC State overcome the loss of their starting quarterback. And let's be honest, Wake Forest's defense, it's like the Great Depression. Like nothing's there, it's nothing. It's just a bunch of dust. Um, That is just that simple. Just as so, give me NC State. Um, Oh boy. Next matchup, and we're staying in the ACC. Gotta go. Give a shout-out to Black Adonis on this one. I wish he was here for this. Probably sitting there sweating, thinking about this. Um, With that being said, though, Miami, Wolf, was so far through the season. Florida State has been fairly well so far this season. Um, But rivalry games, listen, anything can happen in a rivalry game. So, with that being said, Kobe, who do you got in this one?
3: Not this week. I got Florida State. Miami came in clutch last week in the Pickums in the overtime win to beat Virginia.
1: Still pissed off about that.
3: But did you hear what I just said? You know, took them to overtime to beat Virginia. I don't think they scored an offensive there, touchdown there, the whole there was game. No, there, was
1: no, there was no touchdown in that game whatsoever.
3: Give me the Knowles to beat the hell out of the Hurricanes. So so basically you...
2: I'm with you. Give me the Knowles too. Hurricanes are terrible this year. They're yeah. awful. Virginia's awful.
1: But he was bad, though, bad. right?
3: Vandy, Vandy, could beat, Vandy could beat Miami. Yeah. That's so how bad yeah. they are. They're bad.
1: Damn, that's some shade. Right? I don't know if that's shade or props to the SEC. Um <laughs> Listen, there ain't no damn question about this, man. If if Florida State does the unthinkable and slips up in this game and lets Miami win, first off I'm going to be pissed because the Miami fans will will talk shit for the rest of the season about this. When they shouldn't have any room to talk. 100% of the brigade clean sweep Florida State on the road. You know, listen, Florida State fans will probably run that stadium in all seriousness, I think that could very well be the case. Give me the Knowles. Give me the Noles. Moving over to the Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma. Preseason, this game was one of the games of the year, potentially. Things have fizzled out, though. Um, however, I think it's still a good matchup. Kobe, who you got in this
3: one? Yeah, I definitely think it's still a good matchup. We kind of talked about it earlier that it's one of those games this week that kind of, you know, had to do some thinking about, kind of a little back and forth. You know, I know that our picks aren't necessarily going to reflect that, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma gives a good fight. I just don't think it's going to be enough to
2: beat Baylor. So give me the Bears. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll take Baylor too. Oklahoma's just not very good this year. Um, you know, it's, it'll probably take them a couple of years to get into the groove, but just not this year. Baylor.
1: Listen, I'm just going to say this. Oklahoma could very well. I I think this game is literally a coin flip at this point. Because, you know, we we saw Oklahoma struggle. We have. It's been documented. However, you know, that game where they got obliterated by TCU is looking more and more like a common occurrence for TCU just blowing out everybody than Oklahoma playing as bad as they did. However, with that being said, I have to, for the sake of this, I have to go Baylor until proven otherwise. Uh, but it will not shock me if Oklahoma were to pull off a win at, in Norman. I'm just saying. 67%, however, uh, choose the uh, of the brigade choose Baylor over Oklahoma as well. Y'all ready for another a big-time yeah. matchup? I think this possibly could be a huge matchup. We'll see how it feels, but nonetheless. Those taters travel to see the Catholics. Are they going to repent for their sins? Father, I have committed a sin. We shall see. Well, we'll let Kobe go first. Kobe, who you got in this one?
3: Clemson. I just can't pick a team that lost to Marshall this year. I don't
2: care. Just, just how it is.
1: Well then. Yeah.
2: I'll I'll say the same thing. I'm going to say Clemson. I can't pick a team that lost to Stanford this year.
1: Damn. I guess I'm gonna go Clemson because I can't see anybody losing to Ohio State. It's actually <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely some burn. funny
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to just to point out real quick. And I don't know who the the Facebook user is, but he has basically been picking the same picks that I have picked. So I, I think that uh, whoever whoever it is, uh, they're they're very very smart, and I'm. I'm uh, check.
1: Listen. Hold on. Check it on the on the nice list. I'm checking. He's impressed. Look at that. You, you, Listen, you see that wisdom right there? There's a lot of fucking wisdom to see right there. So keep that in mind. Just going to leave it there. Now, give me Clemson, man. Listen, um, Notre Dame has kind of been a changed team, though, as weird as it sounds. I just don't think it's enough, even at home, to overcome what Clemson's going to do there. Uh, could it be close? Maybe. I mean, Syracuse, we thought Syracuse was going to be a problem. Turned out that it was a problem. You know, Kluben comes in and, and keeps Clemson undefeated. Uh I, I just think and 60% of the brigade thinks this as well. I think Clemson just overpowers Notre Dame uh in year one of Freeman era. Simple as that.
2: So we find out Facebook user is Chad. So Chad Chad is a Chad is a smart man. There we go. There we go.
1: I mean, listen, Pat calls out stat stat check here. Chad is four letters. Juan is four letters, just saying.
2: Yep.
3: Goat is four letters.
1: <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. I
3: think not. All part of the plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ta, 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 ta. <laughs> Anyways, moving over to our SEC slate. I'm just saying it's wild to see six games. I love it. Uh first off, we'll get the we'll get the ugly one out of here. South Carolina, folks. What did y'all what happened? Damn, y'all were 25th. And you, you literally got you a nice little, you know, nice little present. you you're like a four-year-old man. Sit there getting something nice and immediately fuck it up. Four, um, so South Carolina takes on Vanderbilt. South Carolina, I, I thought I had hopes for y'all, man. I knew y'all were doing well. After I, I knew they were doing well. They were doing well after they lost to us. Going undefeated, beating A&M, all that stuff. Got the, got over the hump there. But then they let up and Missouri just waxes them at home unexpectedly for my my thought. But Satterfield, I don't know what you're doing, dude. I don't know why you're on you're on borrowed time. Um with that being said though, Kobe, who do you got in this game?
3: Remember earlier in the show when I told you Vanderbilt could beat Miami. Well, South Carolina could beat Vanderbilt, who could beat Miami, who I guess can lose to Missouri. But I think South Carolina wins this game. I think they kind of bounced back. They slept walked, you know, ran into whatever they ran into. Maybe they all had the flu last week against Missouri, <laughs> who knows. But um, I think they take care of Andy.
2: Juan. Hey, I'm I'm going with Chad. I'm going with USC Junior.
1: <laughs> Wait, so, a question. hold on. I need to ask this question. Juan, if you're going with him, does that mean he's smart and you're just following along?
2: I, you know what? Hey, you know, birds of a feather. Birds of a feather. I think we just, I think we've got the same pick. So that's that's what I'm going with.
1: Now, Ed, Ed asked, did he hear someone wishing for rain uh, for this week's game? No, Kobe actually said that there's a chance of rain. Uh, so we kind of talked a little bit briefly on what that could mean. Uh, I don't really care if it's rainy or not, right? I think you're going to get a ridiculous ass crowd. And it's going to be a damn good game uh, to answer your question there, Ed. <clears throat> South Carolina is a four-year-old. You give an expensive toy, uh, give it to them so that they can break it just to play with the box that it came in. No, four-year-olds will play with the box and say to hell with the toy. But with that being said, give me South Carolina and give me a heavy dose of Marshawn Lloyd. get I, I think you have to get Josh Van in the game. Um, Jaheem Bell has to touch the ball. My man is on the back of a milk carton right now. Get him the ball. Get Keep the ball in the hands of your best players. Win that fucking game. It's not that difficult. Satterfield, do your job and, and win the game. Helping out for any Gamecock fan that listens. There you go. It's that simple. Just run the damn ball. Get your ball. involved.
2: Patrick said that Chad, Juan, and Goat all have an A in them. More coincidences but he didn't mention that there, the A is the third letter. So there's also that.
1: My God, dude, it's just, is this, is this a fucking conspiracy? Like it's just all stacked on top of each other. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. Like this is impressive. It's impressive. It's impressive. I don't even know. I, I can't get over this back to the ground. 75% have South Carolina handle handling Vanderbilt. So 25 percent think AJ Swankin gets shit done, but we shall see. Kentucky, fresh off an ass whip into Vols of Tennessee, and Nealon take on Missouri. Uh, this is the Bad Bowl, I guess you, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't, I don't
0: know how to feel about this game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
1: Kobe, who you got in this game, sir?
3: I was actually really surprised when I saw all the picks for this game. Um, uh, You know, I I think Missouri's defense has looked extremely well at times, and I think that, you know, Kentucky really just kind of, you know, has had a lot of hype from the media between Levis is the best quarterback in, in college football, he should be the number one draft pick, they're the team to beat in the East, all these different things, and it's like, you know, they had a chance to prove a lot of those things last week and got their ass whooped. So, um, you know, to me, I think they bounced back this week, though, and I think Kentucky beats Missouri. But I, I'm
2: just not sure about it.
1: All right, Juan, are you going with Chad, I guess?
2: No, we're going to have to suspend him from the chat. Um, I'm not, gonna- so fast, yeah, not so fast, Chad. Not so fast. Yeah, I, I got to go with Kentucky. I think that they're going to bounce back. I think they were embarrassed. I mean, really embarrassed. And uh, I think that they're going to bounce back and uh, they're they're going to pull this one out.
1: Sixty-two percent of the brigade has Kentucky, and so will I choose the Wildcats. If we all go down, Kobe won If we go down, we're all going down together on this one. I'm not losing any more ground on this one. <laughs> You laugh, Santa Claus. I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. <laughs> Joaquin said dominate, and I ain't doing it. You like you like the little reflex yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying the angle either that shit will get you running through a brick wall, though. Miami, Miami, or you know, whether it's Miami or not, that shit will put you through a brick wall. Anyways, moving on to the next one. Well, I don't know how to feel about this either. Auburn and Mississippi State. My God, Brian Harson is gone. Cadillac Williams is your interim head coach. Also, fun fact, first African-American uh, head coach for Auburn, if anybody's interested. Love that kind of – love those kind of things, honestly. Um, however, uh, you have Mississippi State on the road to start off – um, your tenure as interim head coach. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Kobe. What say you? I
3: think um, I think you can expect Auburn to see a lot of a lot of ground and pound from Auburn this week. I think former running back head coach, you have a running back that's great. You've been playing a quarterback that's a run-heavy quarterback. I mean, I I would think that you would run a lot of read like true read option. A lot of you know maybe a few swing passes out of the backfield is like to supplement the run. But uh, I, I just think it's going to be too much for Auburn to play at Mississippi State. You know, Mike Leach dial it up. I think Mississippi State still gets the best of them. Um, I think Auburn plays inspired playing under Cadillac, but I just don't think it will quite be enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Uh, Juan, the lighthouse, what do you got? Shine, shine your light of wisdom.
2: Yeah, um, I, I like the hot seat bowl. That that, that cracks me up. but. Uh, Chad and I have have have. Uh, Chad has righted his wrongs, um, and I'm going, with him. I'm going with the other Bulldogs, the Mississippi State.
1: The great value Bulldogs. Okay. Yes. Got it. The great value. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, yeah. Auburn made the right move. How much it's costing? I don't think it matters. Don't get. Don't overlook the coaching search. Went, let play inspired. Let these kids play. Right. I just don't know if it's enough you know, Cadillac's in over his head right now. Um, I, think he, I think you see the ins- inspiration uh, make for an interesting game. I just think that Mississippi State pulls it out on the road. Uh, you know, Cadillac, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Damn good player back in the day for Auburn. But at the same time, you know, I just think it's too much right now. Uh, who's to say though listen, as much as we – I have Mississippi State, so does the brigade at 83%. It wouldn't shock me to see these kind of underdog stories where – just the team plays super inspired. They woke up feeling the cheesiest coach. Shit happens. Cheese, cheese, cheese. I woke up feeling the cheesiest coach. <laughs> y'all talk about hold on. Y'all talk about the hot seat bowl. Why don't we talk about the bottom of the SEC bowl? Give me Florida versus Texas AM. God, this is this is Badlam, if you will. Um, yeah, fuck Bedlam. This is Badlam. Uh, Florida coming off of ass whipping at the cocktail party, A&M coming off a of fourth uh, fourth straight loss, uh, losing to Ole Miss in a close one. I really wish we didn't have to pick this, but I feel I feel like we need to cover the SEC, so we have to include them. It's literally like the two the two orphans that you didn't really care about, but they're there. Um, you know, it's like the kid down the street that thinks he's involved in everything, it's kind of shit like that. Um, with that being said, Kobe, who you got in this one?
3: This may be the give me my checkbook bowl right here when it's all said and done. But I have a the classic for everyone again for for my pick. Give me, give me the Gators to beat Texas A&M. They're just awful. They're awful. They're, I, <laughs> I can't. If I couldn't pick a team that lost to Marshall, I can't pick a team that lost to App State. I just, I just <laughs> can't do it. Now, last week against Texas m am I was I really pleased with how Wegman played? Yeah, I think he threw the ball for like 400 yards, three touchdowns as a true freshman. Do you finally maybe have your quarterback that could take the Aggies somewhere with this recruiting class? Yes. Do I think it was a really smart move to go ahead and start playing him even if it's Burning his red shirt this year. Yes, he needs all the game experience he can get because the weight of your program and possibly Jimbo Fisher's job is going to be on his shoulders at the beginning of next season.
1: Eighty-five million dollars sounds cheap after four straight losses like that. But you don't lose. But you don't lose five. Bryn Cox got dismissed for the team. Gators physically broke them, bitches. They're going to Kyle Field a noon kickoff. As much as I hate I hate to see that offense do what it does because it's so outdated. It literally won. I think you may have ran that offense in uh, in college. I still think they have I still think they have the athletes with a chain, Evan Stewart to cause the problems for a to win this game. I don't see them losing five straight. I just don't. however, though, however, if they do it's a win-win for me i'm going i'm going aggies and yeah. so is the brigade here
2: Well, i I, I like um you know the same with kobe kobe just talked about you know wegman the freshman i think they're going to rally behind him. i think that they're going to be excited they're going to come out refreshed only to lose to florida so give me give me the
1: gators well then there we they're go like
2: i like
3: chad with the Mexico, AM. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That
1: oil. <laughs> Anyways, now we're talking some real good fucking football. you ready for this, folks? Alabama, LSU in Baton Rouge night game, right after the game that we're going to do next. This could be interesting. Kobe, who do you have in this game?
3: We talked about earlier. I was (laughs) right out the gate um, before the show started. I was talking about how mad I was. if The one thing that made me the most mad from the rankings last night was seeing LSU at 10 at 6-2 because all I feel like it is is an opportunity for the playoff committee to give Bama a top 10 win on their resume because they're one of the only, like, you know, when you look at Tennessee, when you look at us, when you look at them, Tennessee and us have a top 10 win, but Bama doesn't. Well, all of a sudden, oh, well, you beat LSU. You know, they were a top 10 team when you beat them, whatever. But um, that being said, for the old uh, reasons of trying to catch and beat one in the playoff, in the um, predictor, I took LSU in this game with a little upset of
1: the Crimson Tide so you so you definitely don't give a piss about nothing but the tide <laughs> anyways
2: I'll, I'll say you know what um lsu has is, is kind of shocked me they've been playing some really really good football um i, I didn't think that they'd be able to beat kentucky they are uh, uh they look like a new team playing at lsu at night is just insane i mean it's 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 absolutely crazy so that that fan base—they're going to be rocking. They're going to be excited, all just to see LSU lose.
1: Give me Bama. Damn, you cold fucking blooded with that.
2: Cold blooded.
1: Bang bang bang. Unity, unity. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, listen. Just don't know what LSU team is going to show out. This is the perfect game for the good LSU and and, and take a win, right? Take a win off. You know, take a win from Alabama. I, I just don't know. I, I think you see Bryce Young have probably the game of the year, probably his moment of the year in Baton Rouge. Uh, I've got, let's just say this, I've got Alabama. So does 76% of the brigade. It's going to be a good one, folks, regardless. It's going to be a good one. We'll leave it at that. Now, moving On to our game of the year, probably, for that matter. Tennessee and Georgia, 3.30, CBS, Athens, Georgia. What a week, man. What a week of college football, for that matter. Uh, But with that being said, Juan, I'm going to let you take over. (gasps) Yes, sir. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the incredible book. Oh, my God.
3: I had to get it for my man, (laughs) Roots.
2: I had to to get it for him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go.
1: I think Roots is Randy right now. Just going to leave that there. Uh, there.
2: This is the game of the year. This is the absolute game of the year. It's going to be the one that everybody's going to be tuned into. Everybody's going to, I mean, you know, if you're not going to be there, you know you're gonna be somewhere watching it. It's gonna be insane. Give me Georgia.
3: If you're not gonna be there, you're gonna be at the house counting the money from the tickets you sold.
1: Yeah. To let somebody
3: else go. Uh, um.
1: I didn't have a ticket.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, give me the dogs. It, it it is what Kirby built this place to be. It it is the prime time game. It's it's one versus three one versus two, whatever poll you want to look at, it, it's the game of Kirby's career so far for a regular season game. It, it's I, the I, best
1: was about, I was about yeah, to say.
3: I mean, we played in two natties. It's not that big.
1: Um, I let say, the like, damn. <laughs>
3: but it, it, it just gives you an opportunity to say that, you know, what Heupel is doing is great, and it is. He is he's turned Tennessee around in a way – that I think no fan in the East could have thought when they got caught with the cash in the McDonald's bags. <laughs> I mean, I thought they were about to put them under Neyland Stadium there for a while. But I think that you're just going to be surprised that he still has a better grip on the East than you think. Um, but we'll see. It, it, they put on their pants. They strap up their helmet. You know, We'll see who the better team is on Saturday. And, you know, even if that's us, just saying we were the better team on Saturday doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's just like the Bama-Tennessee. Just because they were better on that given Saturday doesn't mean I think they're better than Alabama is. That's what the great thing about college football.
1: I'll tell you what. the The Athens environment this week and in this stadium, predicting it now, I'm calling it to be probably – double what we thought Arkansas would be. I think even the 2019 uh, Notre Dame game, Notre Dame will get, Notre Dame game gets put to shame this week. It's a rivalry for that matter. You have, however you look at it, right? Like we talked about this earlier, number one versus number two, number one versus number three, right? And number one versus three, you're on the opposite end of that. So you could look at it in a sense if you've got the number one team in the country coming to your house. As number three, this is a playoff game if I've ever seen one in the regular season. The last time I saw a playoff game or a championship-type game was 0-9 Bama LSU. That simple. Just that simple. With that being said, both teams have cases to win this game. Just I, I can't go with Tennessee in this one. I think the environment, listen, you can tell me that, the you know, the crowd won't have that much of an impact bullshit. Um, you know, the rankings could be some extra fuel there. Um, Ed has Tennessee up 49 to 20, uh, at 29, being 49 to 20 balls. Uh, Ruth is dropping 38 17. With that being said, though, I have to go with Georgia here. Um, and so does the brigade, 81%. Kobe, you have this score 38-28, uh, Georgia. Explain your, uh, explain your score, sir.
3: I just think at some point, you know, Kirby's Kirby ran that defense at Alabama for a long time, and we all know that. And, and one thing about it is he knows how to make adjustments, and he learned from one of the best about how to make adjustments, pregame, halftime adjustments, kind of the whole thing. And he watched that man not make the proper adjustments against this team earlier this year. He saw what they ran. They run the same style of defense that we do. So we saw what defenses Nick has ran against them for success or, um, you know, with the big jail at high or high touchdowns. Um, you know, I think we're going to give up some plays. We have a young, inexperienced DB core You know, you saw it with Starks last week. You're going to have some some mental mistakes. But uh, I I just think that sooner or later you're going to be able to constrict their ability to run the ball, and then you're going to have to make them make plays in the passing game. And I think you catch a couple breaks. I mean, that's the truth, too. It's going to take, you know, a break to go your way here and there. You look at Tennessee beating Bama. It took a, a break on a on a pit to seal the game for Bama, there being a penalty for Tennessee to win. I mean, it's just the truth in big-time games. Sometimes things just have to roll your way.
1: Juan, we'll bring it over here uh, for your pick here. You have 31 to 30 in a, in a nail-biter, I'm assuming. Uh, explain your score, sir.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an excellent game. I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to go back and forth. I see Georgia having the lead late 31 to 24. Tennessee will come down there. They're going to score. No one will, you know, he wants to go for two. And then, you know, that that defense, we're going to hunker down like we do, bow our ba- bow our backs and necks. And, you know, we're going to make that stop. We get out of, we get out of there
1: 31-30. I want to throw something out. I'm surprised you didn't throw 19-22 out there. Honorary score. <laughs> yeah. No, in all seriousness, listen. I, I've got, um, like I said, I got the dogs winning, but I got 41-35. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It has the, it has all the writing on the wall to be a high-scoring game. But at some point, you're going to have to stop the opposing offense, right? And and I think Georgia gets it done. And whether, listen, it, this game could be 50 to 49. I don't know, right? It can be super high of a score. The thing is, I don't trust that spread, eight and a half point spread at all this week. I don't trust it at all. It's going to be close, and and I'm okay for that, right? But like I said, 41-35, I had to go with it. And I don't honestly might not even feel that comfortable with it, but I think that's a reasonable score. Uh, Roots see the way the light from the window gleams off of emphasizing the right shoulder. Too much for Roots to handle. You got Roots worked up, can't help it. You get, listen, you work out, Kobe. Shoulders work out. Him, I need it, to, nah, nah well, right. a pale L right there, right? <laughs> um, with that being said, obviously, those are our picks of the week. Um, one announcement before we wrap this thing up, uh, make sure, obviously, if you're familiar with it, Monday and Wednesday for our live show, but Wednesday, November the 11th is Veterans Day. And with that being said, uh, we will be doing our second annual Veterans Day show, and we're going to be um, we're going to be uh, donating to the Gary Sinise Foundation. So all donations, if any are made, will go to the Gary Sinise Foundation. Uh, and I will go ahead and say that we have a huge special guest, uh, Rusty Mansell from twenty four seven dogs twenty four seven, will be joining us uh, as we talk. Uh, who knows what? We'll, well that's to be determined. Uh, but looking forward to having Rusty uh, join the show. Uh, probably, to, listen, I guarantee you, we, we we're going to talk dog football and Bojangles will be involved somehow. I'm just going to leave it there because me and, and Rusty are some damn fiends for some Bojangles because it's always Bo i just going to leave that there. Uh, so mark that on your calendars. Uh, we'll put the show times here in a little bit as well uh, for, Let's wrap this thing up. Kobe Swolders, incredible bulk. Tell us what your final takeaways from this game. Final thoughts before we wrap this thing up.
3: Just be excited. I mean, I, I think that's the I think that's the biggest thing. Sometimes Georgia fans, you get, you know, Twitter and all these other fan bases get you twisted sideways all week about, you know, oh, what happens if Tennessee beats you? Oh, what happens if you lose? Oh, all these things. It's like, it's one of the biggest games Georgia's ever played, um, you know, in Sanford Stadium. Enjoy it for what it is, so, you know.
1: Juan, what, what do you have to say before we wrap this thing up?
2: Hey, we're going to show why we're elite. Kirby said it, and I always say it. You're either elite or you're not, and we're going to show you why we are elite.
1: I have one one thing I need to say, and I need to ask a question. Rouge, do you like deer park or because you need some water sir you worked up you gotta eat just look like you break a sweat we'll have to hook him up with some water but um but no Saturday is gonna be electric regardless if you're watching at home or in the stadium if you're in the stadium please be as loud as you can sound like me when you leave or worse don't have a voice right if you if you have a voice you're doing it wrong right hell I might be at I might be at the house. I'm not going to be at the, able to make the game, but I'll probably be at the house, lost my damn voice again. Just going to leave that there. So come out, come prepared, cheer on the dogs uh, on the road to the college football playoffs. Uh, with that being said, stick around for Monday. We'll catch you back live Monday. Uh, thanks for the brigade for showing out, uh, as always. It's a pleasure having you all in the best best brigade there is. No questions asked. Um, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. If you're listening to this, follow us, subscribe, leave a review, and it goes a long way for the show. With that being said, enjoy the game Saturday, folks, and go, dogs. Go, dogs.